Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I gotta say, today was a good day. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. The season opener occurred today, while simultaneously, the Arizona Dimebacks clinched their second berth to the World Series. So here we are on a fun day, an exciting day, a nervous day in Arizona sports. And for one of the very few times in Arizona history where you have one team, the Dimebacks, playing a Game 7 in Philadelphia against the Phillies, they win. And then you have the Phoenix Suns on opening night, not just their opening night, NBA opening night, going to Golden State, another team on the road. And they TCOB, Matthew, they take care of business as well. Phoenix Suns beat the Golden State Warriors 108-104, and we're 1-0 on the yeah, what a way to start. And like Sundarus Dunks does say in the chat, book is the MVP. Way to end it. Not in scoring, but moving the ball around. Very beautiful. Um, what a day. You're right, man. It was perfect too. How um, you know, the game went to halftime and then you got to watch the bottom of the ninth. Yes. It was perfect. The only thank, time I've really watched your sons. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool. It was it was quite the enjoyment tonight. Yeah, I was I will say this. A very unproductive workday for me. So if you're one of my work colleagues, I'm sorry. I was just trying to get to the finish line uh, because of the uh, magnitude of this day of uh, October 24th, 2023 in Phoenix sports history. And to see it occur the way it did and in the artistic way that it did. You got to watch some of the game. You got to watch the first half. The Suns are like, you know what? We'll go to halftime. We'll let everybody watch the bottom of the ninth. We'll watch this team go uh, for another Game 7 victory, their first Game 7 since 2001 uh, against the New York Yankees, a game I did attend as a 19-year-old. Here I am at now 41. And they're oh, going to the I was 19, and I was at the game. So, I mean, just unbelievable. So, uh, welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name is John. His name is Matthew. You. John and Matthew. Jam. That's what we do here. Peanut butter and jam session. And we come to you live after every single game. Every single Phoenix Suns game, you can tune in right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast channel, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or on Twitch. And of course, you can always listen to the podcast at a later time. It's going to be uh, released shortly after we finish wrapping things up here, and it's on anywhere that you get your podcast. So make sure that you subscribe, you rate, and you review. Hang out with us all season long. It's going to be a fun and fantastic season, not only for the Phoenix Suns, but right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast, right here with you in the chat. I see the chat's going crazy. Plenty to talk about when it comes to this game, when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. So, Matthew, is there anything that we should do before we pop open some beers? Let's get into it. All right, I'm popping open a beer on this nice little, what is it, Tuesday? Tuesday. Oh, yes, and let's talk about a Suns victory.
That's right, Suns fans. It is a 108 to 104 victory over the Golden State Warriors, which brings me, of course, to uh, my first question because that's how we start off every podcast. I got to ask Matthew a question. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do it in an Australian accent. Thanks to Boyd from the Sun, the Aussie Suns fan podcast. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. Ask. Do you yeah. ever think that KD ever just thinks to himself, damn, when will I ever play on a super team where all three players? <laughs> yeah, I saw that tweet. That is funny. It does suck because when we got KD, if you guys don't remember, he didn't play his first game with us, right? And then we get Beal. There he is sitting on the bench. It's a little different, but I think KD is more interested in just getting through the regular season. 100%. As you can tell with him playing tonight, he's a little older. So he's trying to, you know, just ignore those injuries himself. But, uh, you know, it's it's a cautious thing, right? You don't really want to put Bill out there if his back hurts. I know Joe House from The Ringer, Bill Simmons' uh, friend, did put out, oh, good luck, Phoenix, with that, meaning Bill's injury, because he used to it over there in Washington. So hopefully it's not a thing, right? Hopefully this is not what's going to happen during the regular season, the rest of the season. So it's interesting. Obviously, fantasy basketball season is picked up. And one of the things that I did recently is I wrote a piece for brightsideofthesun.com. And if you get a chance, head over there to read both Matthew and Mai's writing. And one thing that I brought up was the projected stats of different Phoenix Suns players this season per fantasy projections. And all of the fantasy projections have all of the big three playing about 60 one to 65 games. I think they had booked at 66 games. So they are going to miss games this season. And I think that that's part of the understanding that we have as a team and a fan base that ultimately what matters is health. When we hit the postseason, when you hear Bradley Beal has a tight back issue. And again, nothing structurally wrong. He's not going through sciatic pain or a pinched nerve. He has some tightness in his back. It's game one of the season. And for anybody who's had any lower back issues, and this is something I can speak from experience to, you just don't fuck with it. Like, let him heal. It's game one of the regular season. And look, we still win without him. Now, granted, they don't have Draymond, but I think when it comes to scoring, obviously, the, the challenge that we have as fans, it's like we're waiting for Christmas morning to occur, and we get down, and they, you get like a PlayStation 5, and you get a you the, you, the next thing you unwrap, it's NBA 2K24. And then it's like a controller, but like it's not plugged in or charged. So you just have to wait a little bit to charge your controller. And that's what we felt this morning when we initially heard that Bradley Beal wasn't going to play. But it's not something I'm overly concerned with. I know that the Aussie Suns fan podcast said something today uh, earlier on the PHNX pregame show. And they said, if this is game 15 and these issues are still occurring, then it's something to worry about. But right now, right here, it's not something to worry about. I'm not worried about it, Matthew, or you. No, I'm not. You know, the one thing I thought, the first thing I thought about when I heard about the back injury, the back, it's really sensitive to a lot of like, um, if you're if you're going through some changes, some stress, stuff like that, that does tighten up. So for me, the first thing I thought about is Bill, his first big move here to Phoenix, he has to show out, make sure that he's actually maybe that second guy on the team. And that's a lot of pressure. Moving your family, getting everything across the whole United just, States here to Arizona, in his back. Arizona. Yeah, that's I just I think the back you, you can throw your back out. You can't for sure. But when it comes to stress, it might be tightened up. So loosen up, man. Go get that massage. Do some yoga. Just, you know, talk to your wife and kids and just be like, you know what? We're going to be OK. And then that back will be fine for the next game Thursday night. 
Yes, against the Lakers. And if it's not, then okay. Because I'll tell you That's what, fine. I don't know if you watched any of that Lakers no, game. Uh, I didn't, but I don't care about the Lakers. I'm, yeah. I'm, I told you. Washed. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out real quick to Thomas Sinet, one of our elite jamsters who's hanging out in the chat. A $10 donation, he says, for the win and donation to another season. So thank you, Thomas. And again, thank you to everybody who's just hanging out with us to watch the post-game podcast right here on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Who should we talk about first, Matthew? You tell me, and I'll make it happen. Could we talk about um, Josh Okoki? Is that cool? I think that's an absolutely fantastic choice. So Josh Okoge, uh one of the returning starters from last season, comes out, plays again tonight, gets the start, plays uh just fantastic basketball in my personal and humble opinion plays a total of 32 minutes, seven of nine from the field, including one of one from beyond the arc, which was a huge three at the back end of the game, 17 points, only five rebounds, but one assist, one steal. And in typical fashion of his five rebounds for them were on the offensive end, Matthew. This guy is insane. And you asked me who to go first. I had to choose J.O. just because he's my favorite player. And obviously, we're going to talk about the other guys. Let's just start with him because I think he's a guiding light around that rim. How many times tonight did he save the Suns' ass really from like, you know, either the the Golden State Warriors like deepening their lead or else them just coming back? Like he just made sure to keep the Suns in the game all night long. Those are huge rebounds around the rim. I don't think anybody does it better than him. Last year, we kind of saw how he was so good at finishing around the rim, right? tonight it's just like it went to another level like you trust him i don't know who you would trust more than jo with the ball around maybe booker but he just he's an automatic finish a big three at the end of the game he keeps the suns in games and he can guard the best player all night you know bill simmons did ask who's gonna guard steph curry around screens did a pretty decent job tonight when he had the opportunity he was honestly like my favorite player to watch tonight and he's gonna be all season as john tran says in the chat chasing around steph all night too and putting Steph in tough situations and ultimately getting Steph into foul trouble, that all is a direct result of the hustle that we saw from Josh Okogie tonight. Like you said, he's a, he's a guy who makes winning plays. And even w- listening to Van Gundy and Ein Eagle call the game, they're even kind of like kind of shocked. They're like, oh, Okogie again. A co- another yeah. offensive rebound, another possession that is extended simply because of the presence of of Josh Okogie. And that's something that, again, on the national level, you're not going to get a lot of understanding for what he's going to bring. You're going to look at that lineup, and as I'm sure many Warriors fans did tonight, and I can't wait until you do the, the subreddit stakeout later in the podcast to hear what they were saying over there on their subreddit. <laughs> did you not do it? Yeah, I totally did. Oh, okay, okay. You, the giggle was one of either, uh, yeah. I didn't do it. Totally did it, dude. <laughs> you're doing it right now. <laughs> you're just sniffing stuff. <laughs> But it's one. Well, I, I totally did it. Okay. All okay. Right. Totally. Continue. Totally. But when Grayson Allen and Josh Okogie are in that starting five, you got to be as a Warriors fan sitting there, be like, yeah, okay, we got Wiggins, we got Paul, we mm-hmm. got Clay Thompson, we got Steph Curry and Kavon Looney. Like, there's no way at home. There's no way we're gonna you're gonna beat us. But that's the low key uh, talent that Jo carries. Is he somebody who again he's a fuck shit up guy, and he's out there fucking up possessions. You know. There's about four Warriors fans somewhere on this planet who threw something at some point during this game when Josh Okoge negated a defensive rebound for the Warriors and gave the Suns an extra possession. And then, of course, Devin Booker sets him up in the final three minutes of the game. He hits a corner three 
a three that we saw him miss many a time last season when he was part of that 8-0 run at the end of the season with Kevin Durant. He hit that, and like you said, he's taken his interior game to another level and it was just uh it, it was a fun it was a fun watch for jo man yeah and this team with um the warriors the way they play is just it's kind of nasty i think um kevin durant gets the worst of it but when you can match that and just have like an ugly win he's the perfect player for that you know you're trying to find the, like the flashy player to take over book does his best he's absolutely incredible yes. but in a game like this book can match that but a kobe's like the next guy in line that's just ready to play these type of games. And it's going to be like this a lot this season, especially out West. It's not just going to be the Warriors. These teams, 1 through 15, I'm going to say almost all of them, are going to be like scrounging at the Suns. They're going to be like in there just dirty with them. And he's a perfect guy to match that. Exactly. He's going to bring that fuck shit up energy. And we saw that tonight. And it's something that, will again, we should continue to see throughout the season. And again, I will reiterate, 7 of 9 from the field, 17 points. 17 points. He was our third highest scorer uh, in the game. It's just absolutely fantastic. Great. Obviously, the guy who scored the most points in the game. Big Dick Booker. Big Dick Booker out there slanging that thing around. 32 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds in this game. And again, what is most important is the fact that he was the guy who was drawing all of the offense in that fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, he ends up scoring seven points. He gets three assists, but those are the last three main possessions for the Phoenix Suns is when he's getting his assists. Kevin Durant was just standing off to the side on all three possessions. He didn't have to do anything. He's just doing this. He's watching, he's watching, and he just like fist bumps and like runs back down the court. He didn't have to do anything because of who Devin Booker is as a, from a scorer standpoint and from a playmaking standpoint. Again, 32, 8, and 6, an absolutely fantastic performance by Big Dick Book, man. Yeah, 21 points in the first half. I thought he could have had 30. I think KD kind of took some of that away from him. You know, struggling tonight. KD was definitely struggling tonight, but Booker just had the flow in the first half. Second half, slowed down a little bit, but like you said, he got those big assists. I just I feel like I don't know if you noticed like the way he's kind of slowing down offensively like the turnaround that looks like Kobe but him with like the euro step he has that kind of now finishing around the rim a little differently he seems like the only way I could put it is like he's more mature with the ball like he kind of understands the game more like he's trying to like we always talked about before these seasons started who's going to lead the team in assists mm -hmm. well like he's just he's really I think zoned in on just really trying to find his teammates but then taking his time if he's going to get his shot He's making sure that it makes sense. I don't know. Like, it just looks totally different. Like, a new mature book out there with the ball. And I love it, of course. Like, tonight my friend texted me. He's like, dude, book is ridiculous. It's like, yeah, 21 points, but he should have had more. Um, but you know what? He's going to facilitate the ball and give KD. And when Beal comes back, their opportunity too. It's going to be awesome. But, like, don't you just want book to take every shot? Like, there was one possession where he missed a three, got the ball back. And I was just like, shoot it. He passed it up, got the ball back, and then he and then shot, shot and, then, and then he made the three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I just wanted to shoot everything. That's the way it was last year. This year, I'm not going to go back on that. I wanted to take every shot. Yeah, I mean, the, the efficiency in which he does so is elite, and it's something that we observed in the preseason, that it looks like Devin Booker, as he's entering his prime, he's 27 uh, in six days. On the 30th, he turns 27. Jeez. and And he is somebody who is leveling up from a scoring standpoint. He's added more things. And I think that what you pointed out is a great observation. He has a, a slight hesitation in his game. That is something we've seen before, but he's, he's getting to that perfection standpoint. 
where it's he knows when to kind of euro, he knows when to just almost go in slow mo to get his shots, and that's something he's kind of picked up from KD because that's like a KD move. KD knows how and when to use his body uh, to slow down or speed up and still get off that shot at the great release point for an effective shot to either get the def- primarily to get the defender out of uh, his shot zone and, and out of his the blocking zone, if you will. But what we saw from him tonight was fantastic. You know, you you saw everything in his game. He's physical in the post. He's you know he's getting down on Steph Curry, who's a, who's a decent post defender, and you know backing him down and hitting like the Kobe like fadeaway early in the game. Uh, he knows how to get into Clay Thompson's head too. It's another thing that he, he's he's you could see him talking shit to Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson was kind of going back and forth with him. And you know Clay ultimately was three eleven from beyond the arc in this game, and you know you can attribute some of that to just the way that but Devin Booker like he, he you know when he's out there talking shit, he's making those like just deep cuts, those ninja cuts, shit talk, and he's just not like. He's not like Tupac. He's like, I fuck your bitch. You know, he's just like, your bitch wanted to fuck me. And he, and the, and what? You're like, run back down the court. You're like, she did? Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's different. You know, it's like, yeah, he's yeah. got that, like, that shit talking that's just next yeah, level. They, just they like a shot. Women. They don't trust women. Some of them don't care. I don't think about that. They already probably know. They all sleep with each other. Um, but uh, I was going to say, too, you can see it like on almost every play from book when he's running down the sideline the baseline and he's just looking at the bench and he's just like, I don't know what he's doing, but there's always like a smirk or something. He's always smiling. And uh, Joel Embiid already said it last year where he's the biggest shit talker in the NBA. So everyone knows that. Right. I just don't know what it sounds like when they have like the mic'd up thing with uh, Gary Payton jr. Or the second or third, whatever. Yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's always like, yeah, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, Hey, well, look out for a book. Like there's nothing there. I want to <laughs> hear the good stuff. Get rid of the sounds of the game. Unless it's Booker talking shit. It's it's a waste. It's a waste. It's a total waste. Like that's just such a dumb segment. It's like between that and like sideline reporting, just get that out of there. Just give me a couple more stats, and I'll be happy with that. So, mm-hmm. uh, biscuits in the bear, a four dollar donation <laughs> because biscuits in the bear did say this preseason, whatever the Suns' margin of victory is, that will be the donation. So a four point victory, a four dollar don- donation Appreciate by biscuits it. in the bear in the super chat i'm really hoping for some 50 point victories this year matthew i don't know about you <laughs> we might get a couple we might get a couple <laughs> this team is fucking good this team is fucking good i'll tell you one guy who didn't necessarily look great tonight and that is uh good old easy money sniper who the heck are you yeah, i'm kevin durant you know who i am y'all know who i am did anybody see a sniper did anybody see anything i'm one of the best players to ever play a game 37 minutes played for Kevin Durant, and as well as Devin Booker. They both played 37 minutes tonight. Uh, Devin Booker, or I'm sorry, Kevin Durant goes six, or I'm sorry, seven of 22 from the field for 18 points. He had 10 rebounds, so he went for 18 and 10. We call that pulling a DeAndre Ayton. 18 and 10, he had three assists, he had a block, one of two from beyond the arc, three of five from the field. Watching Kevin Durant play tonight, you know, obviously returning to Golden State, the emotions that go with that, the tribute before the game. But when he when he gets out there and you just see he's taking some tough ass jumpers, man, a lot of isolation, contested shots, falling away. Just frustrating to see that those are the kind of shots that he's taking. And ultimately, it's something that we witnessed last season in the, the postseason where. Opposing teams, their defensive strategy is we're just going to be as physical as fucking possible with him, get him off his spots, and they're allowed to kind of get away with some of that physicality, which is somewhat um, frustrating to, to witness. But when he came to Phoenix last year, he had two and a half turnovers. Uh, tonight, he only had the one, 
or I'm sorry, he had two as well. Are <laughs> two as well. Uh <laughs> what are your thoughts on on the the just the tough shots that he's taking and are turnovers going to be an issue with Kevin Durant here? Oh, you know, I, I forgot to start, but someone did say in the chat, they're like, he just, um, you know, he he will get warmed up this season. But we kind of thought the same thing last season, right? He'll get warmed up and he still put out the stats, but the, it just looks so bad tonight. It just looks bad. And I don't want to get too into it just because on my side, just because it, it, it's a long season, but it just looks really bad, man. When you mentioned and of course we're talking about DeAndre. When you mentioned DA shots or whatever, his shot, his turnaround shot, what he's selling for, it reminds me of DA, where DA would just take those turnaround shots. I don't know how much I, how long I can wait, really, just because a lot in the in the first half, there were a lot of shots that KD put up there that I kind of felt like you guys could move the ball around and find Book again because Book was so hot in the first half, dude. So I don't know if KD was just trying to get his and get more involved. It just takes a while, man, and it takes him too long to turn the corner. He can't really everyone's super aggressive with him, but I think yeah. he's just right now. It's just, it just looks really slow. Uh, I'm not going to say like he looks old or anything like that, but it just looks slow. It's just taking some time for him to get into motion, find his shot, um, breakthrough, <laughs> breakthrough mm-hmm. screens to really even like get open. Like he's falling all Agreed. over again and stuff like that. So it's really tough to watch. He did start off two for three. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. But then it was just shots looked nice. Yes. And then the rest of the game was just kind of, yikes the rest of the game so uh, the more and more i saw Beal on the bench i'm like dude we're gonna need you man because as much as you guys want kd to be the old kd it's just it's gonna be good he'll have the 30 and 10 games of course mm-hmm. but we need that other guy that's almost like on books level and feels that way he's not books level but he's he'll be more the robin that's just going off of tonight yeah it looks like Beal might be more the robin right well it's it's going to be it's going to help everybody's spacing that's for for sure and especially Kevin Durant. Now that being said, if you watch those last few possessions in which Devin Booker took over the game and was just dishing out uh passes to Akogi and then Gordon and then Nurkic on two of those plays like Kevin Durant's open because of the gravity that Booker was playing with, but Booker didn't give him the ball because the other guys were even more open. So when the big three does play together, the spacing for Kevin Durant should open up and we should see much more fluidity to his game and fluidity to his jump shot and squared up jump shots. Not these, you know, one footer falling away from 17 feet out. And that's what we saw a lot of tonight. But you're right. He doesn't possess the quickness that he once did to just get around the defender and get to his spot. And when he does, he's taken still kind of some awkward shots. So I'm hoping that in time there's some understanding of of how he can better be productive because that's just inefficient Durant. But we also know that Durant can be efficient. Our experience here in Phoenix, though, is ne- not necessarily a super efficient Durant. Uh, you look at, you know, in the eight regular season games last season, he shot 57% from the field. That's his highest ever. Now, granted, it was only eight games. But if you take a look at his field goal percentage come the playoff time in those 11 games, he shot 47.8% from the field. So we've yet to see a hyper-efficient Durant, and that's just our last memories, those last 11 games in the postseason. Obviously, much akin to Bradley Beal's back, nothing I'm worried about, just an early season observation against a team he used to play for and a coach he used to play for who's simply saying, you know what, the best strategy to take Kevin Durant out of his own game is to be as physical as possible with him and get underneath him it's the same thing the Clippers did in the in the Clippers series is they got underneath him and bothered him and he was definitely being bothered in this game 
yeah, it was it was tough. But I think a lot of the times when he's going up for those really ridiculously hard shots, it's just he thinks he's gonna make them, right? And he gets so frustrated because he's like, I know I can make these shots. Like he has two or three feet over these guys. He's yeah. like, I got it. So they'll start falling. Some you know, short armed ones, some coming up short. And you know, again, I think that once Bradley Beal's there, obviously it's gonna change forever or it's gonna change everything. And I kind of feel like a Nets fan. Right, it's like, dude, once yeah. fucking Kyrie shows up, man, it's gonna change everything, man. Once Harden's out there playing, man, it's like it's that big three thing. So this is our our blessing, and this is our curse. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. So Grayson Allen gets the start tonight. And my favorite comment so far in the chat, a shout out to no good says Grayson is a fuck shit up guy too. He fucked up my parlay. (laughs) Grayson Allen tonight. uh, O of six from the field. O of five from downtown. Four rebounds, two assists, a total of zero points. Oh, it was a tough watch. Is so is Grayson Allen, the new Landry Shamit, Matthew. Oh God. (laughs) Am I going there on game one? Yeah. you know, you just saw the lack of confidence in them. And it honestly, just looked like the sounds game like was Landry. Too big for I know, I know. Stop. But it just looked like he kind of gave up on a lot of plays out there. Like, you know, going for the rebounds. Like, it was just these guys are too fast for him. It was just too much for him tonight. And being in that starting role, like, if we have another absence from Bradley Beal, then maybe he doesn't start again. You're right. He maybe he comes off the bench, something he's more used to. That would be nice. Um, I just think it was too big of a game for him. And in certain situations, it was just like he was out hustled. So that was one thing we heard about him coming in here was the fact that he wasn't a guy that can really hang around in the playoffs and games that matter. He gets played out of them. You saw it tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's game one, but this is a game both teams wanted to start the season. It's a huge game. It was just too big for him, man. You know what? We got the win. He played like shit. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm fine. You it's know, not I, like I, obviously, people are crazy to be so high up on him, like nuts about him. But uh, obviously, his role will be that one coming in off the bench, and he will be matching bench players talent for talent. Um, it would have been nice for him to hit one of those. Like he had a wide open corner three in the fourth quarter, and it's like, dude, you can you can totally redeem yourself here, and he just didn't totally redeem himself. You can see it in him. You yeah, it was kind of like a fade away. Shot, but he was doing some nice things on the defensive end, and that's what you want from him. I thought that he was being as physical as the officials would allow in that third quarter, which we'll talk about. Like, I want to talk about the game flow here in a bit, but that third quarter completely was fucked up by the game flow and the and the whistle working against the Suns. Uh, they it was it was hysterical. Like the Dimebacks clinched to go to the World Series, and then the Suns come out and they end up scoring you know, just 19 points in the third, right? Fuck, outscored 40 to 19, right? <laughs> um, but in that third quarter, you know, Grayson Allen, that's where he kind of, I, I feel, had a lot of his challenges. Uh, he he only played five minutes, but he was 0-4 from the field, 0-3 from beyond the arc. His two fouls occurred in that third quarter, and they were fouls that both directly led to free throw lines because of the timing in which it occurred. But again, this is something that when he goes back to the bench, I think he's going to find his role. He stepped outside of his role. He took his shots. I'd rather hit that he take his shots and rather than because Landry would take two shots and then you just want to fucking hear from him anymore. He's like, oh, I'm not confident. Oh, I suck. 
and then he was done. And he was just like running around like a fucking pinball machine out there. So it was it was a bad showing by Grayson. But you know what? Yeah. Game there's 81 more of these, Matthew. Yeah, he um but he was when he was shooting the three, it kind of seemed like, Are you sure? You're sure you want me to take this? That's how I felt. It wasn't like he was running away from it either, like Shamit used to. He's just like, Are you sure you want me to do this? All right, pass it back. Ugh, okay, I'll take it. Brick. Well, and obviously the the debate that uh, many people had all day was, okay, if Bradley Beal's not playing, are you playing Grayson Allen? Are you playing Eric Gordon? From Indiana University, number 23, Eric Gordon. And Eric Gordon in this game started off, it, it was rough for those, those essentially first three quarters for him. Uh, two of 14 from the field in 22 minutes played. And then in that fourth quarter, eight minutes played, he was two of two from the field. Both of those were huge three pointers, six points in that fourth quarter. Ultimately, uh, coming off the bench, Eric Gordon plays 32 minutes, which is fucking fantastic to see a, a bench player who can give you 32 minutes, four of 16 from the field, 10 points, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, uh, two of nine from beyond the arc. Ultimately, Eric Gordon, man, I'm. I'm glad that they kept him coming off the bench and he was part of that closing unit. And I think it was obviously the right move. I just having him on this team, not afraid to take the shots. Obviously for those of you who watched the FIBA uh, world cup qualify qualifiers this summer, you saw what he did with the, the Bohemian team in that final game. He went off in the fourth quarter. Just, he's got ice in his veins and we saw it again tonight when we needed him to step up. He did. And it was a huge part of this victory. Yeah, I think he did everything that he does. He got mm-hmm. to the rim, tried to draw contact, didn't get really any foul calls. Then he was just missing his threes. The only thing, though, is like when Book is on fire, you know what I mean? I know maybe Book needs a rest on the floor. Who knows? But I just feel like he needs to pass the ball a little bit more, you know, move the ball around. But that's not him. Like, he's a chucker. He's a guy kind of yes. like a bloodstone away. Not the same kind of player, but he's just going to get to the rim. Once he hits the paint, he's going for the rim. He's going to get his own shot. He's not really going to pass out or see anybody else. He kind of has tunnel vision. But that's fine because when it works, it looks so good. It's just tonight it was not falling. When he hit that three to get the 11-0 run in the fourth quarter, then I was just like, okay, here we go. And you can see it on his face. He's just like, thank God, because he knows he's better than that. Just like Kevin Durant, he knows he can make those shots. Just was not falling for him. And I don't think like any player on the team's like, can you pass the ball? The coach is like, why don't you pass the ball? It's like, no, this is who he is. Yes. So we're going to have a lot of nights like this, but then a lot of fucking great nights where he's going to be the jam star. Well, I thought about statements that multiple Suns fans, myself included, said this offseason is once this acquisition occurred, once Eric Gordon became a member of the Phoenix Suns, we all stated there's going to be a game or two this season where Eric Gordon wins it for us. And tonight almost feels like one of those games because of the magnitude of the three-pointer that he hit. You know, Josh Okogie's three was huge, but it was kind of the nail in the coffin was Gordon's three off the assist from Devin Booker. And right there in the first game, it kind of fortified what a lot of us thought this offseason. This is the kind of guy who will be a closer for the Suns, who does have the quejones to shoot that ball, and then he hits it as well. And so, again, with the gravity that's out there, because Kevin Durant, Devin Booker out there, you're going to get some, and throw Bradley Beal out there eventually, Gordon's going to be just hanging out all season beyond the the three-point line. He's going to have a little campfire going. He's going to be roasting some chicory, chicken rotisserie style, maybe have some baked beans. We'll throw him the ball, and all because of all the fire, that's like he's already on fire. And he's just going to be stroking it from downtown. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to win us games, which is what we saw tonight. Yeah, and 
I was gonna say Eric has some big gardenias, but gardenias are kind of small and they're really pretty. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I was thinking it sounded good, but I remember it's a little flower, a little white flower. So little he has little white flower balls, and I don't think he wants that. What's that from? Is that a Sublime song that's got gardenias in it? Oh, maybe. Sounds like it. it Sounds like sublime. It. something with gardenias. I don't know. Up, oh, up. Oh. Eric's watch. First regular season game with Yusuf Nurkic at the center position. And I don't know about you, Matthew, but I definitely liked what I saw. His 28 minutes that he played, he was 5 of 8 from beyond, or, or not beyond the arc, I'm sorry, just from the field. 14 points, 14 boards, 3 assists, 1 block, and was a plus 2 after everything was said and done, but was a plus 23 to lead the team in the first half. The first half, Nurkic was out there. And he was the only guy who was consistently rebounding. So what did you see from Yusuf Nurkic in this game? I saw a lot of plays where I'm like, oh, oh, he's doing that. He's actually like rolling to the rim. He's making the right play. Like even the one at the end of the game that sealed the deal from Booker, that was huge. I, I was just so shocked by it. We saw in the preseason at times, but he just knows where to be. He's always hitting the high screen and rolls. But he is basically, I think he's kind of like a point guard for this team. He runs so much. When he's back in the game, I feel very complete. I feel very um, comfortable feel with him in there. But I feel complete. I do. Yusuf, I'm just like, you complete me. I, he, he completes me in this offense. He, I think he, he does. And I think that one thing that he does very, very well is rebounding, of course, but taking advantage of a guy like Looney. Just like yeah. he, he bodies him. I think Aiden used to do the same thing with Looney, too. I think a lot of centers do. But it just looks so good tonight where he can just fall on the other end, just making big play after big play. Sometimes it didn't always look so good, but it just his great plays outweigh the bad so much. And we're going to have some bad games probably by him. But tonight, it's just like he kind of has his way. He talks a lot on the floor. You see that. Yes. He talks the book a ton. Um, he just understands the game a lot more than what we would think. That's why I get so excited when I see these plays. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what? He did that? What? I was not expecting that. So that gets, that makes me excited because it's the first game with this team, and we always thought, or I did, going into the season, where I'm like, he needs the most reps with these guys, just to get you know things going. And now he just he already looks like so comfortable with Booker. I'm excited to see him with Beal. I'm sure he's happy for him to come back, but you didn't really see too much with him and KD. Like I thought we would see, kind of like we saw in the preseason, but that's more of a KD thing. Maybe he can't really get free. Um, but right now Nurkic is kind of running that offense when he's in there. We. We saw the duality of Yusuf Nurkic tonight. On offense, as you mentioned, he has that connector ability and the offensive acumen to not only set himself up, but to cut correctly, to roll correctly, to put himself in the right uh, offensive rebounding positioning, but also to be, when he has the ball in his hand, to be the connector, to, to be the one who is passing to his teammates, to be the one who can uh, just make everybody on the court that much more effective and efficient. The other side of the coin is defensively, he was getting cooked and being he was being targeted. CP3 was actively targeting him. CP3 is slow driving to the rim. How many times did we see CP3 drive to the rim in his career with the Suns? Not very often. Back into his career, 38, came here when he was 35 years old, came and his game changed because he wanted to avoid injuries. He wanted to avoid the physicality that occurs when you drive to the cylinder. So it was a lot of middies the entire time he was here. He was part of the mid-range mafia for a whole eight games. And 
tonight against Nurkic, he would take him out from the on the cylinder, or I'm sorry, on the perimeter, and then attack the cylinder and get the and one calls. So we saw that that duality of that's going to be Yusuf Nurkic throughout the entire season. He has a lot of really positive offensive attributes, and that fit is what he is the reason why James Jones. Frank Vogel, Matt Ishbia, Josh Bartlestein. That's why they targeted him and wanted to bring him to Phoenix. But again, the challenge that we're going to have is defensively, when you have somebody like Chris Paul, who is an astute offensive mind, they're going to pull him out away from the basket and then just go right. It's ISO and go. And that's what he's going to get all night long. And that's just what we have to kind of deal with. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I was going to say something, but um, never mind. I'm good. Well, well, I will say uh, a couple more things. Um, he does play with some give a fuck. And it's nice to see a center who plays with some give a fuck. So that was fun. I put that in my notes. And uh, I wrote in my notes, Judy. I'm going to call him Judy. I, Judy? Well, yeah, I, well I, I tweeted about his, his plus 23 at the half. And I put, it autocorrects. I wrote Yusuf Nurkic. It, you know, it has a plus 23. <laughs> And it, yeah. it auto-corrected. I didn't catch it. it. Just said, like, Judy's Nurkic has a plus 23. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I will say this, too. You know, on the other side, and I still we don't still have a drop for him, but when he left the game, especially in that first half, the Suns, and this is one of the, the, the challenges that they have and something that, you know, if you talk about, you know, thumbs up from the game, thumbs down from the game. Thumbs down was that second-team unit, their rebounding effectiveness, their lack of physicality. Drew Eubanks in the first half did not look good. And ultimately, you're sitting there watching it, and we have a bunch of te- uh, of players on this team who have extremely long wingspans, but they really haven't historically had a good track record of being effective rebounders. And you saw that, especially in that you know second quarter. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, you know, or I'm sorry, it was at the end of the first, somewhere in there, it, just the first half overall, from a rebounding perspective, you know, the Suns out-rebounded the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. But on the offensive rebounding, it, you know, it was, it was nine offensive rebounds given up to the Golden State Warriors. And then they, the way that they were just turning the ball over. And, you know, the points off turnover, uh, nine total turnovers for the Phoenix Suns, which led to 11 points. Conversely, they had only forced four turnovers to Golden State in that first half. Uh, and garner two points from that so there is some work with that second team unit don't you agree oh yeah definitely just like uh kiko g says metu and kbd should have a chance next game totally Over. true it's just trying to figure this out um i don't i think in the second half they played a little bit better i think even watanabe just kind of woke up a little bit more made some more hustle plays um but in the first half it did look ridiculous it's only because we were so high on this team scoring like 72 points off the bench against the lakers <laughs> yeah. and they come in and they do they do this that's, that's the way it's going to happen right um, you can't have everything in one night. We got a big dick book, though, so that's good. Utah. Utah. Watanabe played 18 minutes off of the bench, three of five from the field, including two of four from beyond the arc for a total of eight points, four rebounds as well. Very effective minutes, I felt. Just seeing him out on the court, running around, having a good time like he does, looking like Heinz Ward, just smiling everywhere at him when he was running. But I thought it was very a, a very productive introduction to who and what Utah Watanabe is and who he's going to be for this team. And I just hope that I enjoy something someday as much as Ian Eagle did 
as as much as he enjoyed just saying Watanabe, like he was having so much fun just saying his name. He always has so much fun. Even talking to Draymond, they're like, "Hey, Draymond, you want to come back on?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tried to ignore them at the beginning, and he's just he's like, "Hey, Draymond, you just look great tonight." Um, he's a fun he's a fun listen for sure. I love that guy, uh, dude. Yuda, he's uh, am I saying it right now? Yuda, Yuda, all right, Yuda the shooter. We're in you got, we're for, for those of you who, for, for those of you who haven't been watching the podcast all all summer long, Matthew's been calling him Utah. Someone Utah, else said Watanabe. that. I think it was a Suns player a lot too. Of people all right, do. <laughs> Utah, Utah uh, the shooter. This is who he is, right? The eight points, a couple big threes, kind of just being nasty there in the paint. Sometimes it took the ball away. Um, you know, I I don't expect too much from him this season. I expect some really fucking great plays, maybe some game winners. Um, but nothing that's like crazy is like, oh, he didn't get 15 points a day or he didn't get 16 points. I'm not worried about that. I I'm I like him on the floor. You know, I feel comfortable yeah. with Nurkic, uh, Judy Nurkic. I'm really comfortable with him out there on the floor. And then also Yuta. I just like him. And it's not always going to be the stats. It's just him on the floor making the right plays. Like the way that Grayson Allen looks on the floor where he just, you can tell he just didn't have it in him tonight. Yuta always does. He always has that energy. He always has that has like that positivity on the floor, um, just moving the ball around, making the right play. So that's what you're gonna get, man. Um, you know what? I might have to just reuse this take all season long because it's gonna be <laughs> probably a constant thing. Well, I think we're all excited for what he can bring. Somebody's gonna come in and pop a couple threes. That's that's what you want from a bench player who has his length. Again, not a great rebounder. He did have the four rebounds, but he was part of that unit that just couldn't fucking grab a rebound to save their life. Like when you have this guy out rebounding you. The Sarich smoke break. Like goddamn Dario Sarich played 20 minutes. He was three of 11 from the field, but he had seven boards and four were on the offensive end. Cause he's out jumping you Watanabe. Like that is frustrating as fuck to watch it as a Suns fan, you know? So that's a challenge with Utah is again, and, and as I stated, you have a lot of these long wings who just don't have a historical track record of being effective rebounders. That's what you're going to get. But the fact that he can hit that three, he's a great safety blanket, especially when Kevin Durant's out there. Katie yeah. knows him. He's played with him before in Brooklyn. He sees him out there in his peripheral vision off to the, to the right-hand side. He dishes to him. Nine times out of ten, he's wide the fuck open because KD's out there. And that's what you want from him. Like you said, it's not about the stats. It's about the spacing. And hopefully he can increase just his effectiveness on rebounding and allowing us to uh, have extra possessions or negate opposing extra possessions. How many games last year did we lose or when Sarge was on the team, excuse me, just by four points when he just misses those easy lay-ins all night tonight? Sorry, I know he made three. I'm surprised he made three shots tonight. He misses everything that's easy. I know. And I know. he just he's garbage at times. I'm sorry. I, I like how you they, know Steve said he's gonna be him. playing the end of the game. Yeah, like there were most they're... he's gonna be closing it out, but come on. Really? I'm sorry, dude. I wish it's he just okay, sat on a ball be. tonight. Don't be. Don't be sorry. I will say that Sarich, oh Sarich, you know, for, for everything that he did here, we knew who what uh, who he was. He got the smoke break moniker because that's who he is. He's somebody who kind of like, looks like he's taking a smoke break. Um, and again, I just think that uh, just seeing him in a, in a, he looked bigger. I don't know how. Maybe it's because he played, I don't I know. he looked slimmer. I thought he looked Did bigger. he have like a haircut? Oh, I don't he'll know. Look different next game. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he always does. Uh, one guy I just want to I wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to is one of the first guys off the bench, and again, somebody who we're going to see a lot this this season. I feel. Oh, oh. Where's my dog? 
Jordan Dog wins. Uh, that's my dog. Jordan Dogwin, because he's a dog on defense, came out and you know gave some effective minutes. He played 14 minutes, uh, had a steal, a couple points, three assists, four rebounds. Are you interested? Does it interest you that he got minutes, or do you think that those minutes occurred simply because Bradley Beal was not playing tonight? No, I think he'll get minutes. I think we all learned in the preseason his few games that he did play when he came in. I think he missed the first two, right? Came in the third. Uh, he was definitely a fan favorite. Um, I think right now him playing point is something different. I just kind of want him to play, you know, off ball defense, you know, the opposite of Kogi, him and a Kogi together, just kind of ridiculous yes. out there. Yes. That's always fun. I think he needs to play every game. Um, I look forward to seeing him out there, man. I didn't realize what we really had until he was out there in preseason. So him bringing that defensively with Okogi, it's kind of hard to play against that dude. Cause they don't really foul. They, they play great. I mean, a few, a few here or there, but they play such great defense they're not fouling these guys and they're turning the game around by getting these big steals at the end of games and crunch time. That's what they do. So he's going to be playing a lot of minutes this year. I feel like they're deflectors, right? They're one yeah. they're players who put their hands in passing lanes, instinctively know where to be defensively and negate the opposition from being a fluid attack. And again, only 14 minutes, not a ton, but I, I liked what I saw from Goodwin again tonight. Uh, something that we definitely saw a couple times during the preseason when he finally played. And I just think, again, it's another great pickup for the Suns. And on a national level, some people got to see that. They're like, Jordan Goodwin's out there. Who's this guy? And then he, I, he, I feel he played well. Uh, I'm going to do one more drop before we get into some subreddit stakeout, just because I love the sound of this drop. Nasty Nas didn't play much. He only played three minutes, but he did hit a three in those three minutes, and he <laughs> yeah, had a like, rebound and a steal. I thought it was a very productive three minutes. I'm like, like Frank Vogel's like, yo, I'm just going to put Nas out there for like three minutes. He comes out, he gets a great backside steal off of Steph Curry, goes down, hits a three, gets a board. I thought it was like a nice little introduction to Nasir Little. That's what I want to see from Nas right there. He's gone. Just and like he, that. He's he's gone. I don't I don't know. I was excited. When he shot that three, I actually was nodding. As he was shooting, I'm like, that yes. looks good. He was like, wide I used to do the fuck open. I'm like, oh, that one looks good. Yeah, but and then Shamit was shooting confident. flat. And he yeah, was, yeah. But this guy confident shot. He gets pulled. I don't know what he did. <laughs> what did he do wrong? Oh, man. All right. Well, you were hanging out. I was <laughs> on the on the Golden State subreddit. For those of you who are new to the program, what we do during games is one of us will go to the subreddit of the opposing team simply to hear what they have to say about the game. How are they absorbing it from an opposing fan base standpoint? What do they think of the Phoenix Suns? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. The king, you know, same disguise. I think it's three pods of me doing subreddit as a king. It's not being lazy, is it? <laughs> you got to give me a hua. hua. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so funny. Is it? <laughs> it's so funny to me. I'm sorry. I'm okay. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying yourself out there too, Jamsters. Uh, they say, fuck moral victories. This team needs every victory they can get. So already kind of feeling that pressure. And I wanted to say too, Clay Thompson. Interesting. Just- Clay Thompson did say that this is going to be like his best year. He's ready for it. This is going to be his best year of his career. I don't know if he, he, I don't know if he just has it. I know it's one game, but even last year, I don't know, man. I just, 
I don't see it yet, obviously. So, but. so on that note, Clay Thompson, 15 points, seven rebounds, six of 18 from the field. Uh, I mentioned before he was three of 11 from beyond the arc. His best season ever from a points production standpoint was 2016 slash 17 with Kevin Durant alongside him. He went for 22.3% shot 41% from beyond the arc. He shot over 40% from, so he he's, let's see how many total seasons has he played 10 years experience. How many seasons do you think he has shot over 40% from beyond the arc, Matthew? Two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of his 10 seasons and the one season that he didn't, which was two seasons ago, he was 38.5%. So he's an elite three-point shooter. <laughs> he is. Hey, uh, remember that granny? The, yes, the, the granny, one who like yeah. fell down. and Guys, the granny died for this? Waving the towel. I thought that was a comeback, dude. I thought yeah. that this game was over because of that comeback or because of her walking Her off. waving the towel and God everyone's going to get, get behind her. Yeah. she. <laughs> I, I don't How know. How does Granny have floor tickets? That's my question. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's on her bucket list, you know? Go see a Warriors game at a stadium, at an arena that's not as good as the last. It's so then, dead quiet out. in there, isn't it? Yeah, the it's sun, not the, the same at all. Sun's, yeah, it's not like uh, Oracle Arena was. That's not for sure. That place close. was insane, man. Poor Granny faded for nothing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just the whole Granny thing. That was scary, dude. Um, also, they did say, as I'm scrolling through right now. <laughs> you I can't believe you Okay, I forgot. It's It was, you know, I'm not making an excuse. I just forgot. Damn, dude. <sighs> I, I told myself not to forget. Um, there was a KD comment in here I wanted to read too. Sorry, Jamsters. Go ahead and just take the money away. I'll give it to John. Laugh my ass off. Phoenix played like trash, KD, and we still got thumped. So we kind of did. It wasn't the game for the ages, but you know. What they say about what they what they see about Chris Paul? Uh, let me see. Start, start scrolling. Let me just search CP3. <laughs> CP3. Oh, Moody. What the fuck? Did he even play in the second half, man? I don't know. Let me look at the. Look at, I don't remember being out Booty? there. Um, third. So let's look. Second half. Uh, Moody. 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 No, he That's played the, six minutes. He had zero points. He's zero for one from the field. So he just started off awesome and then just fell off. Yeah, uh, Kaminga took all his minutes. Essentially, he played That's fourteen. Crazy, but yeah. but Kaminga was playing well. He he had ten points and on three or six shooting and six free throw attempts. Obviously, because uh, all those whistles in the in the third, but. Uh. <laughs> Someone put uh really quick. There's two more. League okay. pass screwed me over. I I couldn't watch the final five minutes. Shake my head. Sorry, dude. Oh, that sucks. That does suck, dude. And then uh, why the fuck are we running CP3 down the stretch when we need defense? Play Wiggins or GP3 or GP2. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Sorry, I got it. Down. It's it's okay. It'll happen many times this season. It's gonna happen a couple. We'll let times, each, I'm we'll, sure. we'll let each other down. So, oh shit. Uh, yeah. Just make stuff up. Like, <laughs> you know what? I Booker. Uh, I gotta Book, play it off better. Booker looks like a wet lesbian. That's what they said here. You know, they always say that. So that's always the one. Yeah. Uh, it it was interesting to see this guy. The point Oh, you're muted, dude. I try to unmute you. After playing, oh, that's why. After playing three seasons with the Phoenix Suns, obviously Chris Paul is now playing with the Golden State Warriors. Got the start tonight. Not necessarily the game plan uh, 
they don't want to start him. They want him coming off the bench. And then he, he's more of a closer, which as apparently the Golden State fans aren't going to be a fan of that. Uh, but 34 total minutes for Chris Paul tonight, 14 points, nine assists. He was 0 of 6 from beyond the arc and 4 of 15 overall. Six rebounds as well. What it feel like for you seeing CP3 once again as a member of the opposition? He's somebody who obviously for you know the first what 15 years of his career was an opposing force, always in the Western Conference, has never played in the Eastern Conference. He comes to Phoenix. Some of us are pessimistic about his arrival, his age, his injury history. We go to the finals. We win 64 games, and then last season happens. Obviously, getting injured in, in all of the, the postseason runs uh, at some point. But now he's an enemy again. So is he to, is he like a frenemy to you now because you've had that relationship? Or is it back to like, you fucking flopper? What's that rip-through <laughs> shit, man? Yeah, when he goes over at 6 to start the game, then I'm okay with it. But towards the end of the game, Fair. when he's actually kind of making a comeback with the team and drawing the Falcon and ones or whatever he's doing down there, then that's that's frustrating, especially at his age. Um, it, it's not. I don't really have a feeling about it. I know, like with his run with Phoenix, there was times where I'm like, he's the best point guard we've ever had on this franchise with this franchise. And now that we're playing him with the Warriors, I don't feel too threatened right now. I just don't. I think maybe because when we go into a game without Draymond, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be easier because Draymond runs that offense basically. So maybe yeah. they rely on him more to get things going, or just he wants this game because it's Phoenix. I. I don't know how I really feel about it, dude. I just, I don't really care. Is that weird? It's not weird. Maybe it's, it's fine. It's fine. I do like what equipment manager, fallen founder, one of the hosts of the Suns Planet podcast states in the chat. He goes, oh, I'm so glad we are done with Scott Foster. Yes. <laughs> you know that Scott Foster. Wasn't he right tonight? Oh, no, I, he wasn't on tonight. I've no, no, no. I, I recognize no. that son of a bitch anywhere. It was weird a little bit to me seeing him in an opposing threads. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's just kind of, it, it is what it is. I don't feel any way about it. And you're right. Him coming out and going 0 of 6 from beyond the arc, it, it doesn't hurt me in any kind of way. It doesn't, I have no ill will towards him. I don't like the fact that he's on the Warriors. I don't see it working. You know, it's it's kind of like one of those uh, Kyrie Irving on the Dallas Mavericks things. You're like, oh, that's cute. I really like what you're doing there. It's kind of like Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's like, oh, you're just helping this guy out, you know, letting him live out his <laughs> dream with you. And that's yeah. kind of what I feel like with CP3. And, you know, it's going to take time for them to figure out exactly how that fits, especially at the back end of games. Remember that Chris Paul wasn't very good in the clutch last season. He was two seasons ago when we won 64 games. He was the elite. And last year, he just fell off a fucking cliff in the clutch. And that's where the Warriors are going to be in a lot of clutch games, and they might have some challenges with CP3. Again, it's one game. You know, they have some things they have to work on. Clearly, we need to do some things with our second team unit. Fine. Uh, just some connectivity with our second team unit. When, like, Drew Eubanks is getting a rebound, he's just, like, throwing it out in the fast break, and he just throws it out of bounds like nobody's there. It's like... Two it's dudes like, are just running. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he looks like Der like uh, Derek Carr out there, just, like, throwing it out of bounds, and he's, like, mad because the guy wasn't there. Now, granted, Drew Eubanks didn't get mad, but just a connectivity thing that just doesn't yeah. exist yet, and it's not going to... For, you know, the first we'll talk in 20 games about who we are and, you know, from afar, we'll have an understanding of who the Golden State Warriors are and whether or not that connectivity happens. But at this point, I'm with you. I didn't really feel anything.
Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. This is a reminder to subscribe, rate, review. Give, a, give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel if that's where you're watching this. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. So rate us five stars. Type out a little review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. should be fun. It's always a good time to hear what you have to say, and we always appreciate your support. The best way to support the podcast is by doing those things. So Jam Star of the Game, Matthew, who are you dishing that out to in game one of the season? And should I track these this year? I think I'm going to try to track them. Yeah, we can track them. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do. I'm going to go book. Okay. Wow. You say it like reluctantly. Why? Because I, I just loved a Kogi's game today. I just and I'll give it to a Kogi. Those three assists at the end. Huh? You can get to a Kogi. Those I'll three assists at the end, dude, from book were just they. You're right. They, they gave it. To, those gave it to him for sure. You're right. It should be Booker. Uh, you look at kind of what the chat is doing. The big warthog. Good to see you back in the chat. Gives it to Akogi. Uh, Kiko's back in the chat. My jam star is Josh Akogi. Ted Offensive gives it to Big Dick Booker, as does the Aussie Suns fan podcast. Fabio saying book, Akogi, or Allen with a little LOL there. Uh, yeah, Kiko's like, yes, track them. I will do my best. Um, MVB, most valuable booker from equipment manager, fallen founder. Uh, book honorable mention for jewel i think yeah i gotta go with booker laser gives it to laser show gives it to a kogi i'm gonna give it to booker like you said the last uh the last three assists really is what did it in this game huge assists uh lee says nurkic needs some love give him the jam star book will get plenty a kogi had an excellent game as well <laughs> book will win plenty i like how <laughs> yeah, we're gonna like... do it all season long i think because book's always gonna be fucking just amazing so i know I, this is mvp year man of course he's gonna get him yeah and i like what freddie in the chat says bdb and uh corbin f and carol let's go for corbin carol just showing up in game yeah seven. that was fucking about fantastic that. so next game for the phoenix suns coming to you on thursday we are playing the los angeles lakers a team that had Anthony Davis go for a grand total of zero points in the second half tonight against the Denver <laughs> Nuggets in a loss for the uh, against the Denver Nuggets. I'm very interested to hop on to SB Nation uh, either tonight or tomorrow and just read what their uh, silver screen and roll site has to say about the Lakers. Because again, the Lakers are a team that a lot of people have faith in. I was reading a lot of power rankings uh, just kind of throughout the week. A lot of National pundits have the Lakers one above the Suns. You know, the Suns are three or four or five. The Lakers are two or three or four. Like the late, everyone thinks because the Lakers made that Western Conference Finals run last season that this team is unbelievable. And the fact that you have AD and Braun, I get it. You have amazing top end talent. But I think that there's a lot of questions that need to, to be answered for this team. And obviously, playing the defending cha champs is a team that's very, very connected and possesses that organic chemistry is tough. But that being said, I think the Lakers are overrated, and I think this is going to be a win for the Suns. What do you think, Matthew? Two things. So I did see that the coach for the Lakers, forget his name, did say that LeBron will probably be playing the 29 minutes max this year every game. 29 minutes, 30 minutes, we're around there. So that sucks. That might be a thing. Dar um, Darvin Ham. Second thing is I didn't watch this game, but Bill Simmons just sent out a tweet referencing that Anthony Davis gave a shit for maybe an hour of the game. So that was one thing I said before the season started. I'm like, you'll get really good spurts from these guys in like maybe a good half the most, but then they won't show up because they don't have it in them because they're broken, dude. 
this team's fucking broken and they just they can't repair themselves. It's too late. It's already game one. It's too late. They're done. I love it. That's game one. They go on a 20 game win streak. Season's over. Um, just so you know, LeBron James, the least amount of minutes per game he's ever played in his career was 33.4 in 2020 slash 21. And but if, I mean, if he plays at 29, he, that's going to, that's going to like cost them games, right? If it's like, okay, well, he's yeah, that's going four less minutes, minutes of four that's less crazy, minutes of LeBron. Man. And what so again, I just, they have some interesting depth on this team. You have to rely on that depth. And some people think that's an unbelievably deep team. I'm still of that, that mindset that people, because Rui Hachimura had like three good games in the postseason last year that all of a sudden Rui's leveled up, ladies and gentlemen. No, Rui's still Rui Hachimura. He, he shoots 30% from beyond the arc. Like he's still that guy. So if you're putting this much faith into him, that's like us putting a ton of faith in Landry Shaman because Landry Shaman had like three good games in the playoffs. One run right. Dude, Landry's the guy now. No, he's fucking in Washington now. That's where he is, back where yeah. Rui came from. So What's your final prediction? Do the Suns win or do the Suns lose? Yeah, I think the Suns kill them. I think they come out of their bench looks a lot better and put up put up maybe not 70, but let's go like 50 points off the bench, 50, 60 points. Um, and you know, LeBron is laying the ball up. I did see that, so that's his new thing. It just it like um my be it's a poor goat James looks so sad. I just that's why I'm saying He's like, he was getting season. mad at D'Angelo Russell because the yeah, offense wasn't being cohesive. Yeah. D'Lo just shot the ball instead of getting the ball in the elbow. Like, does it fucking matter? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just they talked about um Austin Reeves being so great and he barely like what got the ball. I think D'Lo had the ball more than him in this game, and Reeves is kind of like the fourth guy. So just go fuck yourselves, Lakers. Figure <laughs> it out or just blow it up and get a real team out there that you're not gonna manage minutes for during the season. It's so oh. stupid. We shall see on Thursday. It's our first taste of the Lakers. I like that we're getting them right off uh, out of the gate. Um, again, one thing to be aware of in this game, though, is the fact that Anthony Davis is going to run fucking circles around Nurkic, and we just have to accept that and hope that Beal's healthy enough to play. We can utilize our spacing and do what we can yeah. do uh, because AD will have a good game, and Nurkic will look bad again. That's my prediction right here. But I do predict a Suns win along with you, Matthew. So this one, if we both get it right, we're 1-0. One and, uh, one and oh. we, we both said Suns on this game. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd yeah. be two and zero. I'm gonna track this again. I still have in our chat from years ago. I still have like oh, our yeah. final. These are our final records from like the 2020 <laughs> season or something. When you and I and you beat me by one game, you know, because it's very rare. Like we'd go against each other, and then like mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, I still have it there because I knew I was gonna come back to it. This is the season we come back to that. Uh, another cool. thing is, um, I think that both of us, or at least me, will be on the Lakers fast break pregame show for that one. Uh, they've invited cool. us to be on that. So uh, for those of you who, who've seen uh, us on that show, the Lakers fast break on YouTube, fun show, good, some good guys over there uh, who've accepted us into the realm and allowed me to show up and talk a little junk. Uh, I always appreciate that. So if you get a chance for a pregame show, pop over there, see us, see Matthew and I just fucking holding our ground in there or, uh, or whatnot. As I so. Just- launch all that that nuclear bomb just a second ago but i'm just fucking sick of this team <laughs> yeah no be real with them man be like dude you guys are fucking toast then we yeah. get we lose by 40 uh, but uh but on that note jamsters we appreciate you hanging out with us after the season opening victory over the golden state warriors again 108 to 104 suns win diamondbacks win even though i'm a dodgers fan i'm supporting the western conference or whatever they call it, the National League. <laughs> the National League, yeah. 
make sure you tune in, subscribe, rate, review, hit that bell notification. But we look forward to seeing you on Thursday night after the Suns play the Lakers. Until then, Matthew. Go home, love your family. <laughs> <laughs>